Amen and good morning. Welcome to worship on this beautiful but warm Sunday morning, but I am not complaining about the heat. Thank God we have a beautiful, sunshining day. Welcome to worship, all of you, those of you who are joining online as well. Welcome to worship on this Sunday. And now, friends, the peace of Christ be with you all. And let us greet one another. Good morning. Good morning. Hello there, kiddos. How is everybody today? Good. Are you ready for a children's moment? Yes? Ah, well, we've got some things right here. We've got a piece of wood. We've got some nails. We've got a hammer. Yes. School's over. Yes. No, I think I'm just going to hold the hammer now, but we've got a story. We have a story this morning about a boy who would always lose his temper. Have you guys ever lost your temper before? He was a boy who would lose his temper. He would play with kids in the neighborhood, and then he'd get so angry with those kids, and he'd yell at them, and he'd say mean things, and he'd do mean things. And he kept getting into trouble because he would lose his temper all the time with the kids in the neighborhood. So the dad came up with an idea. His dad said, you know what, son? Every time that you get angry, let's pay really good attention to this one. Every time that you get angry, instead of losing your temper, I want you to come back home to the house and grab a hammer and grab a nail, and I want you to nail that nail right into the fence. And so he'd get angry. He would get so angry with his friends. But instead of yelling at his friends, he'd run home and he would run, run, run. And then he'd put a nail right in the fence. And then, oh yeah, I don't think you should do this at home. I I don't know that your parents would like. That's a very good comment, Zoe. And then the next time that he got angry, again, he was playing with his friends, and then one of them did something that he didn't like, and then he got so angry, and so he ran home, and he picked up the hammer, and he picked up a nail, and he started hammering, ah, until he felt a little bit better after hammering a nail into the fence, and then again he did it, and all month long, whenever he would get angry, he'd get a hammer, and he'd get a nail, and then he would start hammering that nail into the fence until he didn't feel angry anymore, and so the first month, there were so many nails in that fence. The first month as he was working on his anger, he would get angry and he'd start hammering and there were so many nails in the fence. But after a little while, he stopped getting so angry. After a while, as the the time went on, there were less nails in the fence because as he had this practice of doing this instead of losing his temper he started to control his anger a little bit and so then as the time went on there were less and less nails and so his father took him out to the fence and his father said good job son look at how well you've learned to control your anger and he said now we're going to remove the nails from the fence let's see if i can do this okay we might need a volunteer to come help me with this it has more muscle than i do Hey, uh, Ted, Mr. Camp, you want to come help me? <laughs> Try to get one of those nails out for me. Maybe I shouldn't have stolen my husband's uh, finishing well, nails. The finishing but... nails is the problem. 
I know, but you know, we need to get one nail out in order. There we go. Thank you, Mr. Camp. Okay. And so, good job. Well done. So, after the father, after the father brought his son out, and then he took all the nails out. I'm just only going to have this one. I'm not going to make Mr. Camp take all of them out. The son noticed that when they took the nails out, what was left? A hole, exactly. And so now their fence, their beautiful fence, had all these holes in it. And then the dad said, well, that's what happens. If we get angry and we lose our temper on somebody, we leave little scars on them. And that's why we want to learn how to control our anger so that we don't lose our anger on people, so that we don't leave scars on others. And that's our message today. Jesus talks about controlling our anger. I want you guys to think about this. Maybe you can even practice it at home with permission from your family. Maybe not a fence, maybe something else. And now, you're all, well, why don't we talk to mom and dad about that first? Okay, so now we're going to stand. Parents, I just apologize if any of your fences end up with nails in them. And now, kiddos, we're going to stand and we're going to say a prayer. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, we turn to you this morning, and Lord, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit, and bless us with your power as we worship you today. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. And you can go off and play with the teenagers. Right, and now it's time for announcements. If anybody has any announcements, you can come forward at this time. I am going to announce a huge thank you to everybody who came and helped for the community dinner. I realized I was planning on being here, but I couldn't be in Medina officiating a wedding and here at the same time. And our whole crew just came together and fed, I think Ralph said, like 148 people, which is amazing. I love the ministry that we do here, and I'm so thankful for everybody who came and who volunteered to do that. I also want to make sure that everybody knows that we're almost at your last chance to sign up to volunteer for our July 1st free food giveaway and barbecue at our sister church, Grace UCC in Buffalo. So if you can't figure out the sign-up, Jeannie, and you want to sign up, just tell me. You can call me, text me, email me, let me know, and I will make sure that you get signed up. And then for anybody who's really interested, who is free during the day, our general minister and president will also be here at Kenilworth UCC during the day to hang out with us and to talk with us, which is Kind of cool, you know, it seems important. And so does anybody else have any other announcements? Wow. And also just one other announcement in case anybody's confused as to why I have no robe on. During the summer when there's not a baptism and it's hot, I think I'm just going to wear a dress because it is warm up here. And now, friends, let us join by lighting our peace candle. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, we turn to you on this day. And Lord, we ask that you 
Pour your Holy Spirit upon us and teach us your ways of peace. Teach us your peace. Help us to be instruments of your peace in this world. Let us, Lord, be your hands and feet, creating more peace everywhere that we go. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. Good morning. Please join for the opening litany. Throughout the ages, disciples have said, I will follow you wherever you go. Lord, give us the freedom to follow you in the ways of love. We come from busy homes filled with little time to consider Christ in our lives. Lord, give us the strength to follow you in the ways of peace. In times of struggle, we look to God for help. Lord, give us the opportunity to follow you in the ways of kindness. Today, we celebrate the Holy Spirit who shows us the joy of following God. Lord, give us the patience to follow you in the ways of faith. Amen.
Amen, and please be seated. And we have two readings this morning. These readings, I have taken part of each of our lectionary readings, and they do go together. They, are, uh, they fit nicely together. We have the reading from the Gospel of Luke, the ninth chapter, and I will, of course, explain this more to you momentarily. And then we are also going to read from Paul's letter to the church in Galatia, the Galatians. It's a, a wonderful letter. So we are going to get some wisdom from these two readings. We are going to start with the Gospel of Luke, the ninth chapter, starting with verse 51. We'll give you a moment to open up your pew Bibles, starting with Luke chapter 9, verse 51. If you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say, Amen. Amen. Now when the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him, and on their way they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him, but he, they did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned to them and he rebuked them, and then they went on their way to another village. And now we're going to jump to Galatians chapter 5, starting with verse 16. The Apostle Paul says, Live by the Spirit, I say, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For what the flesh desires is opposed to the spirit, and what the spirit desires is opposed to the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to prevent you from doing what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not subject to the law. No, the works of the flesh are obvious. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger. I want you to hear that one today. Anger, quarrels, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I am warning you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit, listen to these words, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another, envying one another. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
with Jesus at my side, and the peace of God within my soul. I will trust my Savior as my guide to keep me safe, to make me Amen, and thank you, choir. 
Now, before we begin, before we even pray, I do want to give you all a heads up that we are talking about anger today. So I want nobody to get angry at me that we are going to talk about anger today, okay? I'm going to give you a full disclosure. If you don't want to talk about anger, I'm sorry. As you know, I'm a lectionary preacher. I follow the lectionary 99.9% of the time. And our readings today, I couldn't help but read with John and James asking Jesus if they could have God send fire down from heaven on the people that they were mad at. So we're going to talk about anger. So everybody just, if you don't want to talk about anger, just take a deep breath, practice your breathing, pretend you're nailing a, you know, a nail into a piece of wood and, uh, and just don't get angry with me. So that's just my heads up. I feel like somebody always gets angry when I talk about anger. So there we are. And so let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you today. And Lord, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit. Bless us with your wisdom. And Lord, when we say bless us with your spirit, we mean it. Pour your Holy Spirit upon us. We are here willing and ready to receive your spirit so that we can follow your guidance. Bless us with the power of your Holy Spirit. Bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. So many of you know, if not all of you know, that the Jewish people and the Samaritans at the time of Jesus did not get along. To put it bluntly, they hated one another. Now does anybody know why the Jews and the Samaritans hated one another? Any guess? And here's the thing, I had to look it up. So if you don't know the answer, it's okay. So are you ready to hear the answer as to why they hated each other? What terrible thing happened that made them hate each other so much? They worshiped in different places. Yep, that's what happened. So the Jewish people, they set up the temple in Jerusalem, and so they would make pilgrimages to Jerusalem. They, they all worshipped the same God, but the Samaritans believed that Moses had commanded them to worship God on a mountain called Mount Gerizim, and so they worshipped in different places. And because of their idea of what was the right place to worship, they hated one another. They worshipped the same God. They followed, for the most part, the same commandments. They lived in the exact same region. I mean, Jerusalem and Mount Gerizim are 50 miles apart. Mount Gerizim is just north of Jerusalem. They lived in the same region, but they disagreed on the location of the temple. And because of that, they hated one another. That is humanity for you right there. They hated one another. And now Jesus knew that they had this hatred. And and I think... I couldn't think of a better word, but I think Jesus was trying to get them to understand that this hatred that they had for one another was stupid. That's not a great word, but I was going to say childish, but that's not childish. Kids get over little fights in like two seconds. I mean, I see the kids in the neighborhood run around all the time. They get mad at each other. You know, the other day something happened and Walter was in the pool and he goes, I hate you all. Two seconds later, they're playing and having fun. So I don't think that this was childish because if it was childish, they would get over it. Instead, I'm going to say that the anger between the Samaritans and the Jewish people was just plain old stupid. And that's what Jesus needed them to understand. And so what Jesus did was he challenged this idea. Why do you think Jesus always took his disciples 
through Samaria. When all of the other Jewish people, if they were traveling south to Jerusalem, they would go around Samaria because the Samaritans were not hospitable to the Jewish people. So all of the other Jewish people would go around Samaria, but not Jesus. Leave it to Jesus. Every single time, Jesus took his disciples straight through Samaria, straight through the region where the Jewish people hated those who lived there and those who lived there hated them. He took them straight through that region. And Jesus also told them things that would kind of push their buttons like love your neighbors. (laughs) And when he's talking about love your neighbors, he's not talking about loving the neighbors that you already like. (laughs) Love your neighbors. You know those Samaritans who live in the same region as you? You know those Samaritans who you hate and who hate you? Jesus is like, love those people, love those neighbors. And then I love this. Jesus had the audacity. I wish that I had courage like Jesus, just like a little itty bit. I feel like maybe I get a little bit more as I get older. But Jesus also told this parable that we still tell today, this powerful parable, and we call it the parable of the good Samaritan. And now we think, oh, that's a cool thing. The parable of the good Samaritan, that's just a story. But Jesus made the people that everyone hated, the people that the Jewish people hated, Jesus made them the heroes in the story because that's the kind of thing that Jesus did. He told a story. He told a parable that we still tell today. And when Jesus told that parable, he used the people that his disciples hated as the heroes. That's the kind of thing that Jesus did. But not all the Samaritans got the memo that Jesus was a friend to them. Not all All of the Samaritans got the memo that Jesus was the Son of God. Not all the Samaritans got the memo that Jesus was a cool guy who was going to be somebody that they would want to get to know. And so at this one time, Jesus and his disciples, they head through Samaria and they're on their way to Jerusalem. And what do we hear? We hear that that the Samaritans did not host them. The Samaritans did not want to welcome them because they had their eyes set on Jerusalem. And Jerusalem in the mind of the Samaritans was not where they were supposed to worship. And so Jesus, he sends his disciples through Samaria. Only these Samaritans didn't get the memo. They didn't know that Jesus was a good guy. They didn't know that Jesus was the son of God. And so they're rude. They're discriminatory. They're rude and they say, there's no room for you here. There's no room. Reminds me of there's no room for you in the inn. But there's no room for you here, Jesus and your disciples. There's no room for you to stay. Just keep on walking. And that rudeness made the disciples angry. That rudeness made the disciples so angry. They're like, they're looking at the Samaritans like, we're being courageous enough and, and, and good enough to come and to associate with you. But look, you're in the presence of the Son of God and you're not even being hospitable to them. And so the, the disciples, they get angry because the disciples, they're human just like you and me. 
The disciples are not Jesus. They are regular people, just like you and me. And so the disciples, they get angry. And James and John, I, James and John make me laugh in the weirdest kind of way all the time because James and John always say those things that they probably shouldn't say out loud. James and John always speak these words, these words that if they had like taken two seconds to think about before they came out of their mouth, they probably wouldn't say. And so James and John, what do they say to Jesus? They're like, Jesus, do you want us to command God to send fire down on these people? To burn them up and consume them? Just take, take a moment to think about this. Two disciples of Jesus. Jesus who's teaching them to love these people. Two of his disciples, they get angry. They get angry in that moment. And they want God to send fire down from heaven and to consume their enemies. Do you hear that? And these aren't even real enemies, just these people. Do you understand that anger that's coming from James and John? But Luke tells us that Jesus rebuked them. But I'm going to tell you what I think Jesus said to his disciples when he rebuked them. I think that Jesus probably is like, no, guys. We're not sending fire down upon people. That's not how we operate here. We're not sending fire down on people. But instead, do you remember when I told you to love your enemies? Do you remember when I told you to pray for those who persecute you? Do you remember when I told you to love your neighbors? Do you remember when every single day I taught you to live differently than everyone else? Jesus is like, absolutely not, guys. We are not sending fire down on people. We are not asking God to burn all of these people to a crisp. That is not how we operate. But the reality is that James and John are human. And I bet that, that we could maybe understand that, that feeling that James and John felt sometimes. Sometimes we get a little bit angry, don't we? Sometimes things make us a little bit angry, and I don't know about you, but when I get angry, it's like I can feel the temperature in my body rising. When I get angry, I can feel that temperature rising until it starts to get to my head, and that's where I'm like, oh no, I either have to do something quick or I'm about to lose it. Anybody know that feeling when you feel that temperature rising in your body when you get angry? Anybody? I'm like, am I the only one who gets angry here? And I don't even think I have a bad problem with my temper. Okay, give me a little uh, yes, pastor. You know? Okay, there we go. So I'm not alone. Good to know I'm not the only one who gets angry here along with James and John. But sometimes we all get angry. Maybe somebody does something rude and discriminatory to us just like they did to Jesus. It happens. Maybe somebody is just a plain old jerk because you know there's jerks out there in this world. Maybe something happens no matter what, but there are times when we get angry and hopefully, hopefully we do not respond like James and John, but the reality is, is that anger is a normal biological emotion. So often we're like hard on ourselves when we get angry, but the reality is that anger is a normal biological emotion. It is a response that we have. It's like an alarm system in our body. All of our bodies have these like natural built-in alarm systems. Systems. And anger is that alarm system. When we feel that, that temperature rise in our bodies when we're starting to get angry, that's our biological alarm system because it's our body telling us something's not right here. 
Something's not going right here. We need to do something right here. We might be in danger. That's what that alarm system is like. But you know what? I have an alarm system in my house, as I hope all of you do. It's the the fire system in our house. You know, we've all got those fire detectors. And I have one of those, like my husband set up all those like new fire detectors that like talk to us too. It's like, there's smoke in your house and all that kind of stuff. And it talks to our, it talks to our phones and everything. And I'm going to tell you that I regularly set off the alarm in my house. Because exactly, because I'm not Elena. Where'd Elena go? I'm not Elena over there. I'm not a good cook. Believe me. And I just, huh? She what? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So even people who actually know how to cook set it off. I don't like cooking. You do too, and you know how to. Well, that's your smoker and everything, you know. So I do not like cooking. So, so often, I'm going to set the temperature a little bit too high. I'm going to try to speed up the process. It doesn't work very well. I don't recommend doing it. I'm just like, oh, you know, I got to feed these little humans that I'm responsible for. And so I just like, you know, I cook something, and then then I get the stuff pan too hot or the oil too hot and then the next thing that I know there's like smoke in, in the kitchen and, and then that little thing is like your fire alarm's about to start sounding and I'm like yeah 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 so here's what happens when our fire alarms go off in our house because we're cooking see even Elena and Ted who actually know how to cook and me when our fire alarms go off in our kitchens because there's a little bit of smoke going on. Should we immediately call the fire department and get into panic mode and go run outside and get the hose and start spraying inside the kitchen like crazy? Should we do that? Or do we go silence that alarm and crank open the windows and turn on the fan and before we know it, everything is fine? Probably the second, if it's one of those situations. Anger is a biological alarm system in our bodies. It's okay to feel angry. It is okay to have that anger in ourselves for a second because that anger is telling us that something is up. That anger is telling us that something isn't right. If we feel anger inside of us, it's just alerting us to something. It's telling us that we have to pay attention to something that's going on. But how we handle that alarm system is what matters. How we handle that biological alarm system of anger in our bodies, that's what matters. Do we lose? lose our temper? Do we go off? Do we act like James and John and be like, come on, God, send fire upon those people? Do we go out and do something that we're going to regret? Do we ruin relationships? Do we ruin friendships? Do we just lose our temper right now in my neighborhood? I've got some neighbors that aren't really talking to each other because one of them had a little bit too much to drink and apparently lost their temper on the other one and went off. And you know what? Now there's awkwardness in the neighborhood that none of us actually want. You know, that's what happens if we let that alarm system erupt, if we don't just feel that anger rising and stop and discern how should we actually act. Anger itself is just an alarm system, but it's how we handle that anger that matters. Because here's the thing, last I checked, we're not disciples of James and John, are we? Last we checked, we don't want to follow their example, but who do we follow? Jesus. And what does Jesus tell us if we're about to lose it? No, no, no. Remember that whole love your enemies thing? I meant it. Remember how I took my disciples 
straight through Samaria, straight through that place that they didn't want to go, Jesus looks at us and says, I want you to do the same thing. Go walk through that place. You know that whole pray for those who persecute you thing? I meant it. And your prayers could change their lives. Remember that whole love your enemies thing. I wasn't joking around. I actually meant it. When we feel the guidance of the Holy Spirit, when we actually feel that alarm system going off, which it happens, raise your hand if your alarm system for anger goes off. Yeah, it happens. When we feel that alarm system of anger go off, we don't want to be like James and John who just want God to send fire down and consume everybody. But we want the Holy Spirit to guide us. Because almost always there's a better way. Now, there's this wonderful tale that you've probably heard before, and I'm going to tell you the short version today. There's this tale, it's an old Cherokee tale that basically says exactly what the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 5. And what the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 5 goes together perfectly with Jesus' lesson for James and John. <clears throat> and so there's this old tale, and it's called the Tale of Two Wolves. Nod your head if you've heard the Tale of Two Wolves. If not, you're going to hear it for the first time. And this aligns exactly with what the Apostle Paul said. It says, one evening an elderly Cherokee brave told his grandson about a battle that goes on inside of people. He said, my son, the battle is between two wolves and it's inside of all of us. One wolf is evil. It is anger, envy, jealousy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, Lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. The other wolf is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. And the grandson thought about this for a minute. And then he asked his grandfather, well, which wolf wins? And the Cherokee simply replied, the one that you feed. This aligns so perfectly with what the Apostle Paul said. And I love when this happens. We have the Apostle Paul coming from the, the Middle East, coming from an entirely different territory, and then we have the, the Cherokees coming from the Americas, from completely different regions, and yet we have the same exact message. That same tale is the same exact thing that we read in Galatians chapter 5. And so the reality is that, yes, there's a lot to be angry about in this world. Yes, there are people who are going to push our buttons a little bit too far. Yes, there are injustices in the world. Yes, there are reasons to be angry. There are reasons our alarm system sounds on occasion. But how we respond to that anger is what matters. We don't want to be like James and John. We don't want to be the kind of people who might just fly off the handle. That's not what we want to do. But instead, we should be so overwhelmed by the power of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit can guide us and lead us to do what's good, to do what's right, and to find a way to make a difference. Because we don't want to follow James and John. We don't even really want to follow all the disciples. Sometimes they messed up. But we want to follow Jesus. Jesus. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit to help us do that. And let's join in a moment of prayer.
holy and loving God, we turn to you on this day, Lord, and we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Lord, we know that there's things that make us angry in this world. We also know that far too often we can just lose our tempers and that can become who we are and who we are to other people in their eyes. Help us, Lord, when we become angry about something, help us to have the power of the Holy Spirit upon us so that we can do what's right, so that we don't overreact, but we can do what's right and what's holy and we can be guided by your power. When we get angry in this world, help us to find a way to control our emotions. Let us feed the good wolf and not the evil wolf inside of us. And we pray this and every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Please join in worship through our tithes and offerings.
Let us pray together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen.
Now go forth with the blessing of Christ. Go forth with the power of the Holy Spirit. Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing to all. Thank you.